Well, it's great to be here. I'm actually really excited to be joined by two of my friends, Sipo and Caesar, as we discuss chapter nine, as we continue our journey with Steps to Christ. So it might be good to do a little bit of introduction. Sipo, why don't you tell everyone who you are and two questions. How many years have you been in Keene and what is your favorite ministry? Okay. Uh, my name is Sipon Debele and uh, I've been here in Keene for 20, almost 23 years. And uh, my favorite ministry is the homeless ministry uh, where we give water. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk more about that. It's been a tremendous blessing. And Caesar, same question for you. How long have you been in Keene and what's your favorite ministry? Yeah, well, happy Sabbath. Uh, my name is Caesar and I've been in Keene for pretty still new, um, only like two years since uh, the fall of 2020. And um, my favorite ministry definitely has to be our breakfast ministry. In the early mornings, we do that during the school year and we'll resume that. Yes, back in <laughs> August. So I'm excited for that to start back up. Awesome. So, you know, I have uh, been blessed with this particular series as we've been walking through Steps to Christ. We've been watching it every week online. And a big shout out to those behind the scenes that have put this uh, series together. It has been an absolute blessing, and I pray that you've been blessed as well. As we tackle chapter 9, I thought we'd start with showing a picture here. <clears throat> Take a look at this picture here. And the question that I have is, who is happier, the one receiving the gift or the one giving the gift. Caesar, when you see this picture, what do you think? Who is more happy? Maybe the better word is more blessed. Right. No. So it's really hard to tell just because by their expressions and by their smiles, like it seems like the uh, gratitude and joyfulness is equal on both sides. However, like if I were to take one guess, probably the the one um, giving the gift seems the happiest. It's hard. And what do you think that is? Well, just because like for me personally, I know whenever I'm giving gifts or like just gifting or blessing someone, as you said, um, it's more of a the joyfulness kind of comes out more in me than if I were the one to receive that blessing. So, yeah. Sipa, what do you think about that question in that picture? Well, I see both of them are happy. But however, um, like uh, X 2035 says that it is blessed to give than to receive. So it really reflects the character of God, you know, who gives and gives and keeps on giving, giving, you know. So I think the one who who's given the gift is more blessed. Yeah. We're going to talk a lot about that as we kind of go through this. And that was one of the big takeaways as we go into chapter nine. I know yesterday as we were talking, Sipo shared a, a story that uh, I know if there's any animal lovers, you're going to be brought to tears. Would you mind sharing that with us? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll, I'll share a story that illustrates um, happiness in giving. And so this story is about a beautiful, um, expensively dressed uh, lady who complained to her uh, uh, psychiatrist that, you know, um, uh, she felt that her whole life was empty and, and had no meaning. You know, and, and so the counselor, you know, um, called over an old, uh, the old lady who cleaned the office floors and, um, and then said to the rich lady, uh, I'm going to ask Mary, you know, here to tell you how, uh, she found happiness. And, and all I want you to do is listen. And so the old lady put down a broom and, and sat on a chair, you know, and, 
and told her story. And she said, well, my husband died um, of malaria and my one and only son, three months later, was killed in a car accident. I had nobody. I had nothing left. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I never smiled at anyone. I even thought of taking my life. Then one evening, a little kitten followed me home from work. Somehow, I felt sorry for that kitten. It was cold outside, so I decided to, to let the kitten in. So I got milk and it licked the plate clean. And then it purred and, and rubbed against my leg. And, and for, 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 for the first time in months, I smiled. Then I stopped to think, if helping a little kitten can make me smile, maybe doing something for people will make me happy. Amen. <laughs> and so the next day I packed some biscuits and, and took them to a neighborhood, to a, to a neighbor who was sick in bed. And, you know, and every, every day I tried to do something very nice for people. And it made me so happy to see them happy. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I don't know anybody who sleeps or, or eats better than I do. I have found happiness by giving it to others. So at that moment, the, the rich lady, her tears were just flowing and she knew what she had to do. There is something about giving that changes us, that brings joy to us. Amen. Powerful. So she found happiness through a little kitten. Yes. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So yesterday we were talking, Caesar, about giving. And one thing that we talked about is, are we uncomfortable when we're receiving a gift? What do you think? Strangely enough, I think, yeah, there could be a yes factor to that just because for me, speaking for myself, and I'm sure I could speak for others, like whenever we receive a gift, it's like we kind of hold this obligation towards ourselves to like give a gift back in return. Like we kind of make gratitude and giving now a competition nowadays to where like who can give the best, um, you know, and just we want to keep the scales balanced in a way and even exceed. So I feel like there's some sort of competition nowadays with that that comes with that can be qualified as discomfort or just just making yourself feel guilty if you don't return a gift soon enough, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Now, what if we're talking about the gift of salvation, Sipo? Do you think that there's that kind of, I need to do something for this gift? Certainly they, they, there is, you know, and some of us, you know, we, we, we feel that, you know, and we, we still have to, to work, you know, our, for our salvation, you know, for the gift that God has already given. You know, we, we still have to do something, you know, I, I got to do something, you know, and, 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 and God is saying, no, 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 you don't have to do anything, you know, just, just receive the gift and, and it's yours. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. Oh, it is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So this has been kind of the start as we kind of get into chapter nine. The title of this chapter is the work 
and the life. And I like to think of this as the rolling up your sleeves chapter. And, you know, I was impressed as we studied this together that there's two questions that kind of come out of this chapter that I think for everyone listening online or here today, it's probably the two most important questions that we ask ourselves. Those questions are, number one, what makes us happy? And two, what is our calling as a Christian? It seems like simple answer or questions that are simple to answer, but I think they're actually quite deep. So I'd like to get a little bit of input from our audience. You know, I've been watching since uh, day one remotely, and I've been really fascinated by our little box here. I've been dying to throw it. <laughs> so think about those questions. What makes you happy? And what is your calling as a Christian? I'd love to get some input from our audience here. What makes you happy? And you can also answer, what is your calling or our calling as a Christian? So what makes me happy? Can I be honest? Like, no judgment from anyone in the room. I'm so serious <laughs> when I say this. Cereal. <laughs> like, cereal makes me happy, oh. right? For, for, for me, like, it just cereal at night, I'll take it. Cereal in the morning, I'll take it. Afternoon, it just, that's what makes me happy. But on a serious note, on a more serious note, uh, when it comes to, uh, like, with the receiving and the, the giving part, like, I think what makes me happy is when uh, someone does something for me unexpectedly. For me, because sometimes it's like I don't really I don't hardly ever ask for anything in my personal life. I don't ask for anything. I'll help as much as possible, but I'll never ask for anything in return. So whenever someone hits you with the unexpected gift, I get emotional and I don't usually get emotional either. So it's just one of those things. Thank you. It's beautiful. Anyone else? What makes you happy or what is your calling as a Christian? One of the happiest times in my life was when I was in the refugee camps in Thailand, helping out for two weeks, uh, teaching English. But it was there that we were sharing about Jesus and how much Jesus loves us and helps us. And they were so hungry and it, it was just so fulfilling. You know, we'd go home and get ready for the next day. And I... I just have never been so happy when you know that you are giving joy to other people and hope. It really makes you happy. Thank you. Amen. I love that family just because, you know, that was something that I hadn't thought of, but really is just a different kind of happiness. I think one is happy when your goals are met. Yeah. And the innermost being your soul's goals are met, you're truly happy. Thank you. So, Caesar, how would you answer that question? What makes you happy? Yeah, well, a lot of things do make me happy, but I think, you know, while sleep, especially sleeping, like comes a close second to this, the one I'm going to answer, I'm sure a lot of y'all can say yes to that. Um, you know, purely the happiness of others, um, just getting to see everyone, especially the people that you don't normally see happy, kind of flip that frown upside down slightly or just like really seeing themselves enjoy their own company or enjoy God's company seemingly out of nowhere. That's just a different kind of happiness within myself because, you know, you can all, only know your joyous limitations so much. So when you see someone else like kind of 
um, have that different emotion spark out, it's something that's really interesting to see and something enjoyable for you to witness about. And how would you answer what is your calling as a Christian? Still finding that out myself, you know, I'm only 21, but I mean, you know, no one's ever too young or too old. Um, but I think our calling as a Christian is to, you know, in a way, lead others to a discipleship with the Lord as yourself to really work on yourself and then not work on others seemingly because that's not in our role whatsoever, but kind of influence others to want to work on themselves and really want to accept the role that Christ and God has given to them and just uh, use that spiritual gift, not to their own advantage, but to God's. Sipo, how would you answer that question? What makes you happy, Sipo? What makes me happy really is to see the people that I come into contact with um, being moved by the love of God. And um, when I see that, you know, it that really changes me. It really makes me it gives me so much joy to see people's lives changed because of the love of God. So it seems like there is a relationship between being happy and our calling as a Christian. Certainly there is. There is a relationship. And let me go deeper into that. You know, um, let me ask you, a I'm going to ask you a rhetorical question. Now. And um, um, I just want you to think, you know, and... Um, when, 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 when God called Israel out of Egypt, where was he calling them to? I don't need you to answer, but I know without knowing what your answer is going to be, you know. <laughs> and I know that you're saying that, oh, maybe um, he was calling them to Egypt, I mean to Canaan, the land that was flowing with milk and honey. You know, for geography, that is good. That is good. But theologically, you know, that is actually wrong. You know, because we are told in, in Exodus 19, verse 4, and where Jesus says that, you know, um, you have seen what I did with the Egyptians and, and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself, to myself. So our primary calling as followers of Christ is by him and to him and for him. And first and foremost, we are called to someone, not something. We are called to God himself, and not a location, but to God himself. And so, you know, it, it, that our first calling, the primary is so important that because it gives us so much joy in us and that leads us to our secondary calling. And our secondary calling is that everyone, everywhere and in everything should think, speak, live and act entirely for him. So basically we can therefore properly say that uh, as a matter of secondary calling that we are called to serve, you know. So we are called to serve and reproduce the character of God to others. Yes. Amen. You know. mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I like the geography answer and the theological answer. That's beautiful. Thank you. 
So at the very beginning, you talked, Caesar, about your work in breakfast ministry. Can you talk about that and why you volunteer? Yeah, of course. So I started that um, back in the fall of 2022, so uh, not that long ago. And I just basically started it just more as a support for my friend who was leading that out. I just wanted to help her out. She was a nursing student. So, of course, you know, I just wanted to make it easier for her, I guess. And um, after doing it for, you know, a couple of weeks, I just decided, you know, let me try doing this often, you know, not maybe straight through, but um, it came to the point where I was doing it straight through. And um, it's just something that I show up here in the early morning with the help of energy drinks and caffeine and whatnot, because I can't do that by myself. And I'll just, you know, be here serving breakfast and, um, and you know, uh, having others serve breakfast with me, not just myself. And it's been such a nice atmosphere overall, just because I keep doing it because it gives me a break throughout the school week, just, you know, stress and whatnot. It, it's really a time where I just get to talk, have small interactions, small conversations with the people here. And it's really just a different environment. Honestly, that's all I can say. I feel the Holy Spirit when I'm doing it. I, I just know it's that as I'm doing it. And um, I just continue doing it just because if I can be a part of making someone stay of uh, being a good beginning to someone's day, that's going to make my entire week. So why not do that and not let sleep take over? <laughs> Thank you. Sipo, you mentioned water ministry. How has that blessed you? Oh, and, <laughs> you know, we started the water ministry about maybe 14 years ago, you know, as a Sabbath school class. You know, we, we, we said um, to ourselves that, you know, we, we, we need to put action to our words. We always talking about this and this and that and this and that, and but we need to put action to our words. So we came up with the water ministry that you have been that I've been leading for 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 these fourteen years, and it has been a blessing because, um, like last week we started going there, and um, and it's it's really hot, you know, and it really is something that teaches me that to be humble to be to be re to really appreciate you know I, I i live in a home with an air condition i go to a church air conditioned and and yet these people are out there and they are sleeping in pavements and it's sweltering hot and they are children but it's also something that i've seen god do amazing just giving a bottle of cold water you know um you see the smile in somebody's face you know and and sometimes they say thank you sometimes they don't you know but it doesn't matter you know to me it's joy you know for us it's joy just to to serve you know and we have seen miracles there you know we have seen miracles and um one time um a uh, um, the water ran out, you know, from the water cooler, you know, and there was a line of people that were lining, still wanting water. But as the young girl put her hand in the, in the chest, in the, in the cooler, you know, water cooler, she always, she came up with a bottle of water <laughs> until everyone was saved. So you talk about, you know, miracles. You know, we have seen miracles before. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about our involvement with Lyft. You know, this is a Lyft uh, Food Bank Day as well. Mm -hmm. That's almost five years. And I echo kind of Sipo's observations, you know, mm -hmm. the folks that from a societal point of view are marginalized, mm -hmm. recognizing them, 
showing genuine love and support is what changes lives. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. One other question that I was thinking about is, you know, what is the relationship between meeting someone's physical needs and then spiritual needs? Do we need to meet physical needs as Jesus kind of showed us? We sure do. You know, um, we, we, we need, it's very important to meet the physical needs. And, and actually that leads to the spiritual needs, you know, and, uh, just giving the bottle of water, you know, we have heard stories that have people just tell their stories, how, how they ended up as a home in the homeless shelters or in the homeless streets right there in Fort Worth, you know, they, but it's all because we gave the physical need, the water, and that led to something you know, um, a spiritual need, and it led to prayer. So yes, there is a relationship. You know, we have to, 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 to give a physical need, and that's what Christ did. Really, fed the people, healed the people, healed the people. You know, I was talking to Sifo. Like, more, I was asking more about questions about his water ministry and um, just like his wholeheartedness that he puts into it. I was just that inspires me in my own way to want to continue serving just because, um, you know, it's difficult, honestly, like for my own personal experience to want to find people to serve. So just like encountering someone such as himself, who really pours himself out into his ministry. It just makes me in awe. And like um, in the peak of summer, giving out water and that heat, that's just like amazing. So good. Kudos. Amen. 14 years, huh? Yes, sir. It's wow. amazing. <laughs> so as we were reading uh, chapter nine here, there's a, kind of a question that came up that I really hadn't thought of very deeply. And it was, why didn't God commission the angels to share the gospel? Wouldn't it have been more efficient? You know, us sinful humans, why are we involved with this portion of uh, supporting the spread of the gospel, either through physical or spiritual needs? And check out this particular quote from uh, chapter nine here. It says, God might have committed the message of the gospel and all the work of loving ministry to the heavenly angels. He might have employed other means for accomplishing his purpose. But in this, and catch this, his infinite love, he chose to make us co-workers with himself, with Christ, and the angels. And here's the powerful part, that we might share the blessing, the joy, happiness, the spiritual uplifting, which results from this unselfish ministry. Wow. wow. Hadn't really thought of that in that way, but it's a blessing and a joy for us to be doing this. Oh, yes. Mm. And as we're seeing from the examples, as we heard from various folks here in the cloud, it's a common pattern here. Mm -hmm. You know, last week I was, I was preparing, I was talking to my wife, and she showed me a meme that really struck uh, close to me. And here it is on the screen here. It says, note to self, many of the kindest gestures you will ever make and the most important things you ever will do will never be seen publicly. And the reminder, do them anyway. Wow. I like that quote just because it's kind of like saying, don't do stuff. Don't do acts of love and expectance for something in return. Just do it just purely out of your own heart and not expect some recognition or just anything else back. And I think that uh, that's a lesson many of us need to like really uh, learn truthfully. Yeah. Well, I think about here in Keene, you know, right now we have a whole media team that are operating behind the scenes and none of this would happen 
without the support of those volunteers, with Ruben leading it. There's so many things in the operations of a church like this that uh, those untold stories are the ones that uh, touch people's hearts and certainly have touched my heart over the years. So I was thinking about this, this topic of unselfish ministry, and you know, it takes me down a path that's been talking about spiritual gifts. And all of us have different spiritual gifts, right? Yeah. I had a, a story, this isn't necessarily my, my favorite story that I have, but back when I was little, I was part of Pathfinders. And uh, one of the things that we did in Pathfinders, have you heard of in-gathering? You remember those little tin cans that you go along the street or in front of banks and you have this thing where you ask, uh, would you like to give to the poor? And I'll be honest, I was very bad at that. In fact, I was traumatized. I remember going up to one individual. He was a big, burly individual. And I said, would you like to give to the poor? He says, well, I'm the poor. I'd like to have your can. And I thought I was about to get robbed at that moment. <laughs> well, needless to say, it was a, a traumatic uh, event for me. And it just reminds me of the fact that not all of us have the same uh, spiritual gifts. And that is beautiful, is it not? Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. You know, it, you, there is every one of us, you know, that's what the parable of the, of the talents or the gifts you know, everyone has been given a gift. So you have a gift, you know, and you can use that gift to serve God in where, whatever capacity or wherever he places you. So everyone has a gift. You can't say, I, I don't have a gift. You know, no, you do have a gift. And God will help you find that gift. Oh, yeah. He sure will help you find that gift. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my, my gift is not in gathering. It's not singing. Not all of us are meant to be on stage. Not all of us are mechanically inclined. There's lots of gifts and talents that can be used for this calling that we have in terms of sharing the gospel. There was another uh, paragraph in the chapter that really caught our attention. And it was the question around what gives angels joy? And I'll be honest, I hadn't really thought of that as a question. What makes angels happy? Well, catch this. It says, so angels are ever engaged and working for happiness of others. This is their joy. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. That which selfish hearts would regard as humiliating service, ministering to those who are wretched, that's us, and in every way inferior in character and rank, is the work of sinless angels. It gives them joy, and that is of tremendous encouragement for me. So we've been, as you read this chapter, there's two words that kind of come up. One word is the word selfish or selfishness. And Caesar, do you want to take a crack at defining what selfishness means? Yes. Um, I think, deliber I believe deliberately that selfishness is not anything good. It's not anything that I want to possess of. I think it's just something that whenever someone possesses that characteristic, it's something that just makes them lack any consideration for others and in a way might put them at the center of things and just puts them at disregard for anything else or anyone else and making their whole environment almost deadly in the sense that um, it's just always going to be focusing on their needs and not even that, just like they're not even themselves and it's just going to be themselves turning into uh, a dead man or woman walking. So I think it's something that should should never be possessed by a true 
Christian or even believer in something that I don't think exists in heaven, as hopeful as I may sound. So this, with selfishness, the focus is on who? Me. Yourself. Yourself. So, Sipa, let's kind of compare and contrast that with this other word, selflessness. Selflessness. What does that mean to you? Well, um, the characteristic um, of being selfless is uh, one of the the most important trait of a Christian, uh, for for any Christian, you know. And um, selflessness runs counter to human nature. You know, uh, which is why uh, being selfless is so much, so much more difficult or harder than being selfish. You know, so selfishness is selfish. Selfishness is about me. However, selflessness is about others. Yeah. Our focus is on others. And we see this through Jesus's walk here on earth. Oh, yes, we sure do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a, I'll call it a joke. It's kind of a story, but it, uh, it's kind of jabbing, which, uh, I think gets our attention as Christians. You know, there's three individuals sitting on a beach. There was an atheist, there was a Christian, and there was a Muslim. And they're sitting on the beach and they look out in the water there and they see a man that's drowning. Well, the atheist says to his friends, you know what? That's all right. You know, it's survival of the fittest. The gene pool is going to get stronger than drowning. So he continues to sit there and eat his lunch. The Christian gets up and says, well, that man should know better than that. He doesn't know how to swim. And he sits there 10 minutes uh, talking about why he shouldn't be in the water as the man continues to drown. And the Muslim turns to his friends and says, well, you know what I see is someone that is created in the image of God. It may be a risk to myself, but I'm going to go out there and try and save him. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends. You know, at the end of the day, us as Christians, we want to be that third individual and have that selfless love for others, regardless of their walk in life. So, Caesar, there is one other quote that we thought was really powerful in the book. What did you Absolutely. mind reading that for us? Yes. So. It goes, the spirit of unselfish labor for others gives depth, stability, and Christ-like loveliness to the character and brings peace and happiness to its possessor. Mm. Powerful. Powerful, isn't it? So my wife and I were watching a documentary on uh, Catherine Hepburn, and uh, I actually wrote this down because what she said, and this was probably 15, 20 years ago, uh, maybe even longer than that, and she said something to the fact that focusing on self is a dead end. Very uh, appropriate for our discussions here. And our takeaway as we wrap up chapter nine here and steps to Christ is that selflessness, focusing on others, is the path to happiness, joy, and fulfillment, and it's core to the gospel commission. And that is really what our role is. So any final thoughts, my friends? Well, I'm thinking of Matthew 25, you know, uh, where two groups of people um, get to meet with Jesus. And Jesus says to one group, you know, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was sick, and you never came to see me. And, and they were like, wait a minute, 
when when were you hungry and thirsty and and he said to them when you what you did to the least of these you did it to me so and then he says to the other group you i was hungry i was that he says the same thing and and they say wait wait a minute when when did we do that he says the when you did the acts that you did to these people to the least of these people you were doing it to me so really let us serve it is important to serve you know because um our lives will be changed because of of that will be will join with the angels you know and just have that joy you know <laughs> i just really like the whole emphasis of this chapter whenever i was like listening to it it w- it really came out as the epitome of ab- of having a divine aptitude like abnegation and just really putting others first and like you were saying before we each, we all have spiritual gifts and you know god is going to help us find them but you know i like to believe that overall we all have one same gift in common which is the gift of a friend that god has gifted us with and as long as we continue to empower that we'll even give others the gift of a brother or sister yeah thank you Well, it's interesting, Diosipos, you shared that last parable of Jesus. You know, we've studied the parables, and that was the last parable chronologically that Jesus gave. Last moments, and that was his message for us. It's very powerful. Well, it's been a pleasure, my friend, Caesar and Sipo, to spend some time with you as we've studied chapter 9. Thank you for your time and joining us here. Thank you.